Welcome to the What Wild Women Want podcast. I'm Rachel Rose, your personal, certified, feminine awakening coach, energy healer, and intuitive reader. This is a weekly show where women are empowered to unapologetically activate their goddess mode and reclaim their birthright to love, freedom, happiness, and abundance. This is a shrinking violet free zone, guys. Get ready for raw, open, and absolutely necessary conversations to supercharge your self-love journey. I love you. You are worth it. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Wild Women Want podcast, and I'm your host, Rachel Rose. So you've heard me discuss motherhood in different ways, both solo on my own and with other guests in season one. So when this spin on motherhood came up in conversation with our next guest, I said, yes, let's definitely talk about this because more women need to hear examples of stories like yours. Today, we'll be talking about the somewhat taboo subject of abortion. During the end of last year, we delved into all things mother wound related. And one of the things that came up was how patriarchy demands that women be a certain way and act a certain way in their roles. Just like when it came to having a dysfunctional mother and speaking up about it would mean you would come up against people dismissing your truth because you should have respect for your mother. And that's your mother, of course. Many women do not speak up about their experiences with abortion as there is so much shame associated with making this choice. As after all, patriarchy tells us that if you do become pregnant, you should be so lucky that this can happen for you. As a result, many women suffer in silence through the emotional, physical and psychological pain of going through this process. Today's guest is bravely sharing her own story today about this. We have with us here someone who you may have seen me collab with before, Maria Bonita. Maria is a fearless femme energy coach and EFT practitioner that helps women create outer wealth through inner wealth. Maria overcame PTSD with EFT tapping and now shows women how to regulate their nervous system so that they can become a fearless match to their prosperous feminine power. Welcome, Maria. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Hello. Hello again. We've had so many collabs, so it's so nice that we get to do it on this medium as well. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say as well on this episode that I'm so grateful that you reached out and you felt the trust to share the story with me and and now with my listeners as well, as it's such an important topic, but a very sensitive one. So thank you so much. Um, And so, you know, let's jump straight in. Let's talk about why you and your experience feel like this is such an important thing that we need to talk about as women yeah yeah I think it's it's been a few different things um and at first I couldn't really talk about it and there was a lot of shame there and as soon as I you know went through my own healing process and came out the other side and I just decided to start sharing about it the influx of women who came forward to tell me that they had kind of similar stories even stuff like women who said you know like I had a miscarriage and I was treated badly in the hospital because I had a miscarriage and it wasn't even I was choosing to have an abortion right so then I realized okay like I, I kind of have to talk about this um and as as we're recording I think last week it where I live in South America in Colombia it became totally legal so it was only 
I still got one, but it's only become completely legal through choice like a week ago. So I think it's just something that we wow. forget is still actually really difficult in lots of different parts of the world. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't even know that. And um, yeah, there's there's something that I was going to bring up, but possibly that could be uh, for another show, just in terms of women that are pregnant due to abuse. You know, that must be such a relief for them. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that was a situation. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a whole different episode. Um, but, no, thank you for sharing that. It just goes to show, like, you know, we do have social media, we do have live stream uh, media, but there are just certain things that unless you know someone who's living in the country, you have no idea what's actually going on. Um, and, you know, freedom comes in all different types of ways. So that that's really really interesting what do you know what spurred on this change of law has there been like protests or yeah what's what's definitely been the change because I think Colombia is a Catholic country yeah so it's it's been legal like it has it was legal like when I got mine done it was legal for rape it was legal for incest it was legal for mental health grounds which is the reason that I got it because they asked me like would it affect your mental health which I think it would affect any woman's mental health to have to go through with it Um, but now they made it, yeah, they've been um, various cases, um, like the feminist movement and stuff. And now they're saying it's legal through choice, which is the big mm-hmm. difference. Um, some people don't, don't agree with that as well. I mean, there's always going to be, there's always going to be disagreements on the subject. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been something that's been passed through for quite a few months because even though I got one and I got a safe one, I'm kind of one of the minority. Like if I'd been living in a little village or if I'd been living in a certain part of the country, I probably would not have got one anyway. So it's just to, to get more access in general. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, there's so many things to pull from there. So it's interesting that the law was um, allowed for anyone who'd gone through abuse or any kind of extenuating circumstances like uh, mental health. So that's at least that's a good thing. So I was thinking, okay, that's interesting. And so first of all, do you, why do you believe that there was pushback, do you think, when it came to abortion in Colombia? I know I've alluded to maybe religion was uh, one of the reasons, but were there any other kind of, any kind of rationale as to why you think that that was something that was frowned upon in the country? Yeah, definitely mostly religion. It's mostly religion. And I think um, lack of education as well. Um, Mm -hmm there's a lot because there's a lot of poverty here right there's a lot of poverty and there's a lot of kids that are given up for adoption uh there's a lot of crime rates there's a lot of different things and I think there's just this this because we know in developed countries that we've seen that there's studies that when abortion is legalized it actually can help reduce crime rates like 20 years later and that stuff like mm-hmm. that and I don't think that kind of information is available or people don't believe that it's true or mm-hmm. they don't understand kind of the wider social impact that it can have to help more women, for example, be educated to a further degree, that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah. My goodness. And, you know, I, I couldn't help but hear when you said you were one of the lucky ones um, to have gotten it done safely. Mm-hmm. So um, talk to us about what was considered a safe procedure in Colombia and what are the other alternatives that, you know, from what you're saying, the majority are having to go through maybe not anymore because now it's legal but in the past when it wasn't 100% legal what was the alternative process for an abortion so yeah I I got mine safely because I say I got it in a a proper hospital a clean hospital you know everything that you would expect anywhere else proper doctors that had you know everything that kind of thing Um, the only difference is for example the first 
few because when I went into the hospital I went to A&E because I found out I was pregnant and the next day I started bleeding Mm. so I went straight to A&E and the first couple of doctors that saw me um were very young right there was a young woman like the first one that looked at me and stuff so they and I said you know like I don't want to go through with this and they were like that's okay that's your right like we're gonna do what we can to help you so the first ones like helped me and then um the next day when I had to go back that's when things started getting weird because the other people because you know how doctors uh there's someone in the morning and then they pass the shift changes right so the people yes. who saw me the next day were different people those people disagreed with it and I could tell by their actions of like when um because I, I was only six weeks pregnant so I was given the pills that induce a miscarriage and I went home and I came back the next day and so then when they were looking at mm-hmm. me the next day like for example the doctor like left the door open like I was like half naked bleeding and she like leaves the the door open of the thing like you you know one does that right and stuff like that mm. and it yeah it just got it got stranger and stranger um so I know that I was lucky because maybe if I'd been the first person I'd come in contact with and been someone else, they maybe had, would have made it more difficult for me from the beginning. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's so oh, – it makes my blood boil and makes me sad at the same time when you do have medical professionals projecting their ideologies onto patients because it, they should have just been professional about it, right? Uh, you know, it's completely your choice. But I guess, you know, if you're somewhere where it's so embedded into people's minds and society, yeah, then, you know, it's it's a harder thing to do. But I'm very happy that you're safe. I had no idea that you were going through this because like, so as I mentioned that Marie and I have collabed a, a couple of times and, you know, we see each other on social media and yeah, I had no idea you were going through that. So yeah, I'm happy that you are well and that worked out for you. But I know that it wasn't all swings and roundabout was actually no, I'm not going to say swings and roundabouts what my old workplace said and I hated that saying it wasn't all like rainbows and sunshines <laughs> let's say um because um you know it's it's not a pleasant thing right even if it is something that someone willingly goes in to do um and I know that you mentioned that there was a lot of inner turmoil that you went through and I mentioned even in the intro PTSD so talk to us about yeah. the aftermath you know once the process of the abortion was done what happened to you, you know, emotionally, physically, psychologically? Yeah. So I think there was like two things that um, really stood out to me and really left me kind of confused and stuff. And one was because I was made to have an ultrasound and to see it and to listen to the heartbeat and everything. Right. And they said to me and I was crying. And the guy said to me, he's like, why are you crying? Can't you see it's fine? Like, why are you crying? And that really affected me because I thought, you know what? There must be something wrong with me as a person. Mm. If I can listen to the heartbeat and not feel love. And I thought there must be something wrong with me. Like I have to be someone that like doesn't have a soul or something is wrong with me. And I think that was one thing. And then the other thing was just the way it was done was the most physically painful experience I've ever had in my entire life. Like I was screaming whilst it was happening. Mm. And so when it, when it finished, like sometimes I would get like flashbacks or I would be walking down the street and you know, like that, that like hospital smell. Like if I walk past somewhere that had like that bleachy smell, it would take me back. And I didn't, and I didn't think, and I didn't realize at the time that that was PTSD. I just thought like, Oh, you know, I'm just, I have to get over it. Like I just, you know, I need to get over it. Like 
things need to change. And I didn't, I had no idea at the time that these symptoms were PTSD, like I didn't realise. When did it dawn on you, actually, you know, this is not just me reacting to this and this is actually a traumatic response? It was when I started to look into um, EFT tapping, I was working with a practitioner and I was already going through kind of just general limiting beliefs. And I said to her one day, I was like, you know what, this thing has been weighing on my mind for a while. Like, could you help me with it? And she was she was like, yeah, let's let's give it a go. Let's see what we can do. Um, And it wasn't until afterwards, after that session of EFT, where I was like, oh, I go to sleep, I don't get any flashbacks or, you know, none of the smells that used to trigger me or the things that used to like nothing. Right. And it just disappeared. And I I, honestly, Mm. I didn't even realize it was PTSD until months after I'd gone through the whole thing. Mm hmm. You poor thing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just, I, it's interesting that they made you, I don't know if this is standard procedure at all, but to listen to the ultrasound and why, is that normal? I don't know if that is the standard procedure anywhere. They said to me, like, you have to have an ultrasound because we can't make any decisions of anything without an ultrasound. Like whether you're going to keep it, whether you're not going to keep it, like you have to have an ultrasound. And so the right. guy who, and the guy who did the ultrasound didn't know he was just sent they just sent me into a room they're like can you you know do your job basically like I don't I don't uh-huh. think you anything so obviously you're just going to assume going in for an ultrasound right she wants to see it and she wants to hear it and I was crying and I think he thought oh she must be crying because they knew I was bleeding and I think he thought like oh she's probably worried she's going to lose it rather than oh. the opposite Gosh, but then even that, you know, even just the default thinking of a woman pregnant wants the child, it's like, well, that's not always the case, you know, you need to be sensitive about this. Oh, my goodness. And so, okay, so I'm really glad that you did get to discovered EFT for yourself so I'm I'm familiar with EFT but for some of our listeners they're not so could you speak to us about um what it is um you know what you need to do and what the benefits are of EFT yeah so EFT stands for emotional freedom technique or is commonly known as tapping and it basically involves tapping on different um, pressure points on your body a little bit similar to acupuncture and it's based on the idea that um, any negative emotion or any issue is based on an, um, an energetical imbalance in your system and when you're able to get to the root of it and release it you can release that negative energy and so for me uh, when I did it and I worked with a practitioner on it um, and I would recommend like if you want to work on something really deep, you, you want to get help with it. Um, I also, you know, I make EFT videos for limiting beliefs and stuff. And like if it's uh, something, a surface level thing, like go for it. Like there's videos online. But if you want to go on something deep, you probably do want to get someone to help you and take you through it. Um, but for example, for me now, it's like I can talk about it and it doesn't bring up the emotional triggers. Whereas before mm. it was I felt angry about it. I felt ashamed about it. I felt confused about it. I felt all these different things. So it, you know, it hasn't wiped my memory. It just neutralized those, um, those negative emotions, those strong emotions. It's no longer attached mm. to it. And so that for me was life changing. And that's why I always say that I'm grateful for the experience because now, you know, now as an EFT practitioner, I've helped women through kind of other similar traumas. And um, it, yeah, it was really life changing because as well, 
I I never went to therapy for this specific thing, but I'm familiar with therapy and I've never seen results that are this fast and this, you know, this was years ago and I've mm. not had one flashback for years. So I think it's just amazing. You know, I always share that because I think there's so many different options for people and everyone's healing is a completely different journey. But just to know, like, there are so many options out there. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. And I think, you know, more and more people that I'm coming across, I don't know about yourself, but they're saying the same, you know, with clinical um, therapy, it works to an extent. And then now there really is way more room for holistic therapy to come in. I think when they fuse together, it's brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good that, you know, you're just yet another person that's um, championing holistic therapy, which is awesome. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I'm just still like picturing this experience for you because you know we've discussed offline like I I do want to become a mother and I just think like anyone who whether they do or they don't when it comes to working with our womb space it's such a delicate situation and it can really like make us completely imbalanced um you know even if it's something like Mm -hmm. you had a, a safe procedure even if it is something where someone goes through childbirth as we saw in season one when we spoke to Molly it's such a huge transformation, regardless of whatever the decision that you make. Um, and yes, of course, us women have to be the one to, <laughs> to be the ones to bear this as well. So what I wanted to ask you, Maria, is, as we know, you know, that the sacral chakra is in our womb space. And, you know, this is where we would naturally carry a child. So how did having the abortion affect you spiritually, either in a positive or negative way? So I think it was like a bit of both. Um, there definitely was just just before the pregnancy, just before that all happened. It was really when I started deep, diving deep into what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to contribute to the world? Like I started taking courses, I started studying, and I was like, I didn't have the answer, but I was searching for the answer. So this thing, it, part of it, it threw me off. It really threw me off, and I thought oh God, is this the universe telling me that I should be a mother? Like, am I misunderstanding this? Like, I I had loads and loads of questions. And then I realized that actually, it was like, actually, what am I going to choose to make this mean? It's not what is this here to teach me? It's like, what am I going to make this mean? And that for me has been the most empowering thing. That for me has been the big switch. And now it's clear to me, like now a few years later, like I'm like, oh, it makes perfect sense. Like I can see why this all happened. Like, you know, I never would have, I never would be here if it wasn't for that. But it did sort of throw me off. It threw me into confusion. I was like, you know, am I, what's going on? Like, whatever it is. Um, and I definitely did have to do some work, like healing work on the sacral chakra. I, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I've definitely been doing some of that work. So I think it has come up as well. Um, but now, that I'm on the other side I have a lot of gratitude for it and I have a lot of and that, that's kind of why I wanted to do this because I actually feel like I'm one of the few people that can talk about it in a positive light because I know a lot of women especially like I was mentioning to you offline just a minute ago like during COVID I know women in the UK who had to have an abortion in their house by themselves and sort of hid it from people and stuff and I think there's crazy. still a lot there's still a lot there oh. for a lot of people yeah Oh my God. I just love how, you know, as you said, 
not everyone can talk about it in a positive light. And I just really appreciate how you're here standing in your power. Well, not standing, you're sitting in your power, I should say, because we're both sitting down. But um, you're here in your power <laughs> talking about this experience and you can just see how you've integrated this shadow experience. It's not something that you're banishing. You're like, right, and what is the message? What's the gift from this? Um, and, you know, I just feel like, there's a bit of a poetic thing happening here where instead of birthing a human, you're actually birthing something new. Cause I've seen the way that you've shifted in your business and like, you're on fire. Like every other day I'm like, wow, Maria is on fire. Whoop. There's another email. There's another email. So I feel like there's this surge of creativity that's happened from something that someone potentially could see as, okay, this, this terrible thing that I should be ashamed of has happened to me. You've really alchemized this experience to make it your own, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What I would love for you to do is, because obviously, as we mentioned, you are a coach, how people can work with you. Like, how do you work with your clients? Um, tell us how you're all set up and how we can reach you if we want to have some personal time. Yeah, that is it. So at the moment, I'm I'm exclusively doing one to one work. So I work with people either for three months or for six months. Mostly I work with female entrepreneurs that are feeling stuck and really want to create outer wealth through inner wealth. Um, and you can find me on all platforms, basically at the Vida Bonita. I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, and I have um, lots of free content. I'm going to well, put my links here as well. So you can share those if anyone's interested. Yes. So they'll be in the show notes, guys, you know where to find them. So you can go and stalk Maria. And I, you know, as I said, I normally ask the silly questions and we were like, well, this is not really a silly topic. Like, really? so what are we going to say? But of course, you know, I didn't, didn't fail you guys. My question is, dun, 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 what woman in history do you aspire to be most? And why? So I don't know if I aspire. Okay, so I don't know if I aspire to necessarily be like her, but the person who's really been kind of standing out to me the last couple of months is Mary Magdalene, mostly because of everything that I've read about her and how she was completely misinterpreted and completely kind of like screwed over, if I can say the word, um, through religious texts and made to be someone that she wasn't. And she was actually, you know, leading the divine feminine (laughs) awakening on the planet. So I think that... I just when I read her story or read at least what I understand to be her true story I was like you know what I'm happy to be misunderstood people are going to misunderstand me and I'm okay with that and I think that she inspired me to be okay with just being completely misunderstood oh my god Maria I feel like we're vibing on the same wavelength because I feel like recently things have just jumped out on Instagram you know like you see a quote and you're like oh share share and um that being comfortable with misunderstood one has been a really big breakthrough even for me as well. So I feel like we're, we're vibing on the same wavelength. We're just kind of on a, on a parallel path in our journeys. I think of like, well, you don't get it. Fuck it. Who cares? I get me. And that's, you know, the most important thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And that is all we have time for, for today, guys. If you love this episode, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories. I am at The Healing Rose Holistics. Feel free to send me a DM. Love you. Let me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you want to see more of. Have a good one.